Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we'll be going in depth into my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number 14 of the 2023 fantasy football season. It is very important this week to get your lineups right. Maybe you're trying to week into the playoffs, or maybe you're trying to get that bye week, the number one, number two seed in your fantasy football league. And I'm here to help you out today. Before we get on into things, though, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my top 36 Week 14, running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the running back position at number one with Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Seattle Seahawks at home in San Francisco this week. Now, last time these two teams played was in week 12 on Thanksgiving in Seattle. In that game, McCaffrey had two total touchdowns as well as over 130 all-purpose yards with 31 PPR points. I think Christian McCaffrey could easily do the exact same thing this week. I expect McCaffrey to dominate 50 Shades of Grey style in this spot up against a Seattle Seahawks defense that isn't great against the run. So McCaffrey is my clear tip-top running back number one. At number two, we have Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Carolina Panthers at home in New Orleans. Now there are some talk about the fact that maybe Famous Jameis Winston won't start and Derek Carr could come back. Now, best case scenario for Alvin Kamara is that Derek Carr plays because Derek Carr is a check down machine. With famous Jameis Winston, I do feel as though there's going to be reduction in terms of targets for Alvin Kamara, but honestly, I don't think that will matter too much up against the Carolina Panthers defense. I think there's a great spot for Alvin Kamara, whether Jameis is in or Derek Carr, so he's definitely a must-start running back. At number three, we have Zach Moss of the Indian. Indianapolis Colts going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Now, I know what everyone might be thinking right now. Nick, Zach Moss absolutely shit the bed last week. How are we going to play him this week against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati? Well, it's very easy. Zach Moss got roughly 10 gazillion opportunities to score a touchdown last week, and he never once stepped foot in the end zone. So if you imagine him getting that many red zone touches again, if you see him getting 20 plus touches just like he did last week, things are bound to go a different way. Things are bound to go very, very good for Zach Moss. This was a guy early on in the season without Jonathan Taylor was legitimately putting your team on his back. So I'm not going to jump ship off of Zach Moss. I think he bounces back in a big way this week in Cincinnati. At number four, we have Kyron Williams of the LA Rams going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Since returning from injury, he has been the RB1 in week 12 against the Cardinals and the RB9 last week with one or more touchdowns in both games. I get that the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens is a little bit scary defensively, but when push comes to shove, Kyron Williams has become that must-start running back, become a guy that, to me, is matchup proof. You know the volume is going to be insane. He could get five to eight targets in any given matchup earlier on in the season. He had a game where he got 10 targets, so I think up against the Baltimore Ravens, this is going to be yet another big performance out of Kyron Williams. Expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros right now got him as the RB11. I got him all the way up at the RB4. At number five, we have Isaiah Pacheco. Now, Pacheco did miss practice today, so that is important to note as we get 
closer and closer to game day on Sunday. Isaiah Pacheco missing for the Chiefs would be a massive blow because their wide receiver core outside of Rashi Rice and besides Travis Kelsey, they don't have a lot of playmakers out there. Now, if Pacheco was to miss and if Jarek McKinnon miss, I would be optimistic in playing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but he wouldn't be ranked very high. He would be just kind of a shot-in-the-dark play because we've seen Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this season, and he honestly looks like fucking dog shit, so I don't think he'll have that big of a game, but if he's given a lot of touches, he should be able to prevail as a somewhat decent start. Again, we're sitting here on Thursday. There are still a couple of days until Sunday. I think if Pacheco is good to go, you're going to want to start him. This is a great matchup up against the Bills defense that is bad up against the run. Back-to-back top eight performances for Pacheco, and I think he does it again this week up against the Buffalo Bills, again, assuming that he plays. At number six, we move to Bijan Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in Atlanta. Now, prior to the bye week, things were starting to look a little bit grim for Bijan as it really did seem like Arthur Smith's dumbass was not going to give Bijan the correct amount of touches every single week and while Bijan Robinson was this super high NFL draft pick while everyone me included was given this guy the gawk gawk 9000 special entering into the 2023 fantasy football season that maybe I fucked up right maybe this was a swing and a miss and the ball was already in the catcher's mitt type of deal with Bijan Robinson but he has had back-to-back weeks with the correct amount of touches 20 plus touches in both games. Bijan Robinson to me is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. The Bucks defense is softer than baby shit against the run, so I like Bijan Robinson to have a huge performance here. But again, I understand why some people might still be a little bit nervous with Bijan because the stooge of a head coach is still the head coach of the team. At number seven, we have Rashad with two A's white of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Now, I talked about this in the running back start sit video, but I was someone that was very nervous about Rashi, or not Rashi Rice, about <laughs> Rashad White entering into this season because Rashad White was a guy that was very ineffective last season. Now, he was getting the reins of the backfield this year, but I thought... You know, I didn't think Baker would look this good. I don't think anyone did. And I thought the fact that he was so ineffective would be a metaphorical way of being like the fucking iceberg to the Titanic, right? It would sink his ship, regardless of how many touches he got. The fact that he's so ineffective would really hurt him. The thing is, I was kind of right. He's averaging 3.7 yards per carry, but it doesn't fucking matter when you can get five plus targets every game and you're seeing 18 plus carries every single week. So while I was right in one way, I was wronged another way. This guy has been a top 12 running back in a majority of his last six, seven games. The only game outside of the top 12 was one where he was running back 13 and another one where he was the running back 19. This guy has been incredibly reliable as of recently. The team really kind of focuses on Rashad White. He is a key piece in this offense, him and Magic Mike Evans. So I think Rashad White should have yet another solid performance. Moving now to the A tier. At number eight, we have Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Philadelphia Eagles at home in Jerry's World. Now, on paper, this matchup absolutely sucks, right? The Philadelphia Eagles front seven will send fear down your spine, shivers down your spine like a fucking spooky, scary skeleton. But when push comes to shove, Three straight weeks as a top 12 running back. Three straight weeks of getting the correct usage that I thought Tony Pollard would get 
entering into the season. He has been a lot more involved in the pass catching game as of recently. There were games early on the season where he's just getting three targets a game recently, four, six, and five over the last three weeks. A touchdown in all of the last three games. Again, I get why this matchup might make you a little bit nervous, but I think Tony Pollard finds the end zone yet again, just like he's done in the last three weeks. At number nine, we have Raheem Mostert, and at number 10, we have Devin, a chain of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Atlanta Titans, the Tennessee Titans in Miami on Monday Night Football. Now, earlier on in the season, the Tennessee Titans defense against the run was a force to be reckoned with, right? They were a brick wall against the run. There were a lot of good running backs going up against the Titans defense that would have pretty shitty games. And it was very shocking. But then that kind of luster ran out pretty quickly in the season, like five, six weeks in. Then the Titans defense was back to being dog shit against the run. Now, when it comes to ranking Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain, I think you could argue to rank A-Chain above Mostert or Mostert above A-Chain. I do feel a little bit more comfortable, though, when it comes to starting Mostert because I feel like he is, and in terms of ranking him higher, I feel confident starting both of them because I feel like Raheem Mostert is going to get the first crack at things, right? I feel like if Raheem Mostert gets really hot, maybe they continue to use him a little bit more and dial back the touches for Devin A-Chain, but at the end of the day, these guys are the thunder and lightning of the Dolphins offense, and in reality, it's double lightning because they're both fast as fuck. It's just that while Raheem Mostert doesn't have this huge build, he will just run a motherfucker over. He'll stiff arm him into the dirt Derrick Henry on Josh Norman style, so Raheem Mostert's currently the running back two on the season. I've talked about this a bunch, but it seems like no one's giving this guy the respect that he deserves. He has the most touchdowns at the running back position, I believe, I think in terms of rushing touchdowns. Going up against the Titans defense, this should be a great spot for Raheem. Devin A-Chain did have the better game last week up against the Commanders. He did score two touchdowns later on in the game when the Dolphins were already basically throwing the Washington Commander's body bag into the goddamn ocean. So Devin A-Chain up against the Titans, Raheem Mostert against the Titans again. These are wet dream matchups. These are some of the best running backs in fantasy football. They are both must-starts. Everyone in the S-tier, sure. Are they a little bit of a cut above? Of course, but anyone in the A-tier also is a must-start running back. Most of them because they have great matchups. And then the last two, I don't love their matchups, but... They're good enough to be in the A tier. At number 11, we got David Montgomery of the Detroit Lions going up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. A revenge game for Mr. David Montgomery. Last time out against the Chicago Bears was in week 11. He had 12 rushes for 76 yards as well as two targets, two receptions, 22 receiving yards, and one total touchdowns. He has scored a touchdown in four straight weeks, and he has 10 total touchdowns on the season despite missing three games. David Montgomery is back, in my opinion, on the saddle as the lead back on the team. Now, it's not like Jameer Gibbs is going to magically disappear, go into the witness protection program like his name was Richie from The Sopranos, but at the end of the day, David Montgomery is going to be that guy. I think the team wants to give him. Dan Campbell wants to chew 
through kneecaps, and I think that Dan Campbell is going to want to give extra touches to Montgomery so he can get that revenge on the Bears. At the end of the day, Montgomery feels like a very safe play every single week, like wrapping a condom around your team. I know the Bears defense did really show out prior to the bye week up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings in prime time, but I just don't feel like this is an offense that the Bears are going to be able to stop. Now, this could end up being a high-scoring game because if the Bears offense shows up, we all know the Lions defense reeks to high heaven. So this could be a big spot for Montgomery as well as a big spot for the whole Bears offense. Speaking of like the notable guys, right? It's not like, I don't think Darnell, here comes the Mooney or Tyler Scott are going to have huge games, right? At number 12, we got Saquon Barkley. Now I did kind of have to have a bit of a debate on or inside of my head in my head right the devil versus the angel on the shoulder the angel is telling me hey nick you should probably uh rank saquon barkley pretty high because he's saquon barkley is really good in the packers uh defense against the run isn't great and then the devil is like nick the giants offense might suck donkey cock in this game and they might not be able to move the ball too much so I land kind of in the middle. The expert consensus rankings have him as a top eight running back at running back seven. I'm not ready to give him that much, right? I'm not ready to rank him that high because he was the running back 45 just two weeks ago against the Patriots in their last game prior to the bye week. But I do feel like the matchup is good enough for Saquon to flourish. He is still one of the best running backs in the NFL. We saw that huge ceiling game up against the Commanders in week 11 where he scored two touchdowns, ranked as the running back one on the week. So again, while I am a little bit nervous about Saquon Barkley, the guy has earned his right to be an A-tier running back. At number 13, we have Travis Etienne going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Now, Travis Etienne was another guy where I was hesitant to rank him where I did and was thinking about putting him in the B tier, but I felt like he's earned his right up here as an A tier running back. I think with CJ Beathard, CJ meet hard under center, that Travis Etienne is going to get a lot more opportunities to catch passes out of the backfield. And I do think that the Jacksonville Jaguars offense will lean a lot more heavily on him due to the quarterback change. I understand that Trevor Lawrence wasn't necessarily the Trevor Lawrence I envisioned him to be entering into the season, the super safe quarterback that had an amazing run in the playoffs, right? That comeback up against the LA Chargers was beautiful. Jeff's kiss, Manu Fweek played well against the Chiefs in the playoffs, right? But obviously, things didn't go too fine and dandy for Trevor Lawrence. But the last couple of weeks, things started to go better. And then, of course, he gets hurt. So prayers up to him. Hopefully, he's able to come back soon. But again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sin, so I'm not too sure about that. The Browns matchup does scare me. But at the end of the day, Travis Etienne will get enough volume, I think. Again, he is going to be the focal point of this offense this week. So I think... Bumping him down to the B tier would be a little disrespectful. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, please make sure that if you are new to the channel that you smash that subscribe button like it owes you money as well as hitting that like button down below to help me out a ton. So in the B tier at number 14, we got Austin Eckler. Now I opened up the expert thing on Fantasy Pros, right? That's how I make my rankings and upload them to Patreon for $7.50 a month, right? That's how I do it. I go on Fantasy Pros, the expert thing, and I'm able to move the guys up and down, right? That's how I'm looking at the stats right now. The screen tells me all that on Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros expert consensus rankings have Austin Eckler as the running back three. I do not have the heart to do it. I wanted to rank Austin Eckler lower, right? Because I 
am done with this bastard, this bald fuck running back 34, 32, 31. He looks like he's running in quicksand. He looks like he's running in molasses. The guy fucking sucks. And they're talking more about Joshua Kelly getting more involved. And I am incredibly nervous about Austin Eckler. But what I think is going to happen once everyone unanimously says, I don't want you anymore, Austin Eckler. You have sucked ass this season. 3.5 yards per carry on the season, which is not normal for him. This is a guy that has a nose for the end zone. This is a guy that in week 10, week 8 through week 10, he was running back 6, 4, and 4. This is a guy that was a highly sought-out commodity in the fantasy football draft season. Rightfully so, right? I was riding this guy's nuts paws all offseason. And I think he still has it in him. But something is wrong. And Brandon Staley coming out talking about Joshua Kelly getting more touches makes me even more nervous. But again, I can't bury Austin Eckler because you know damn well you're fucking playing Austin Eckler this week. Regardless of how bad he's bent you over the table without a use of lube over the last couple of weeks, he's still probably going to be your running back one or two on your team. At number 15, we got Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings at home in Viva Las Vegas. Now, Josh Jacobs' season has been a fucking roller coaster ride. There's games where he falls outside of the top 40, and there's games where he's a top three, top five running back. Last game out was one of those big games. Up against the Chiefs running back number five, he had 110 rushing yards, 15 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Now, the touchdowns have been hard to find for Josh Jacobs, right? It's like finding fucking Waldo. He has six touchdowns on the season. And I've talked about this all week, how the Raiders offense normally comes out like a bat out of hell, right? They come out on fire, they dance on the defense, they score a touchdown easily. And then after that, they kind of lay back and just dig themselves their own grave and just are kind of shit after the first couple drives of the game. So I think Jacob should be fine this week. The Vikings defense isn't the best against the run, but again, it's not like this Vikings defense reeks to high heaven, right? That they completely suck. Jacobs, again, is another one of these guys that's kind of like Eckler. Are you really going to sit Austin Eckler? Are you really going to sit Josh Jacobs? The answer is no, but my hopes for Jacobs, my hopes for Eckler, the upside is still there for both, but the floor feels significantly lower than earlier on in the season. Again, I still believe in Jacobs, definitely, but am I saying he's a must-start, like you need to play him this week? Of course not, but again, on a majority of teams, it's not like you have Raheem Mostert, David Montgomery, Rashad White all on the same team, right? It is possible. It's not like most teams have Bijan, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara, right? Jacobs, Eckler, these are guys that you're going to have to play. At number 16, we got Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Indianapolis Colts at home in Cincinnati. But before we break down Joe Mixon, as well as the rest of the running backs in my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number 14, I would like to ask that if you have enjoyed, again, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. And I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at under dog fantasy underdog fantasy is the best place to play nfl pick'em in the whole entire universe and today underdog fantasy has a great offer for you guys that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds but first i want to explain how the underdog pick'em works so you're gonna to have to select a minimum of two players from at least two different teams in today's version of this we we'll are be talking about the lions at the bears game now there's going to be a lot more options to choose from as the week goes along but this video is being recorded on monday night early tuesday morning 
so that you guys can watch it when you're watching it. So we're going to have to go ahead and look at the offerings that they have right now. So we're going to go ahead and go with David Montgomery, higher than 68 and a half rushing yards in this spot, as well as DJ Moore, higher than 63 and a half receiving yards. I think this will be a very high scoring game. I think Montgomery should easily be able to get higher than that number. And I believe with Justin Fields back under center with him looking as good as he's looked, DJ Moore should be able to have a very solid game against a pretty bad Lions defense. So if both of these hit, we'll get three times our entry fee. If you want to do three picks, it's six times, four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. All of the picks, of course, have to hit if you live in one of the states on your screen right now and you are new to Underdog and use promo code NOTORIOUS, you'll get a first match deposit bonus up to $100. You deposit $100. They give you an additional $150, additional $50, $10, and additional $10. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Joe Mixon running back 16 up against the Colts now. Last week, I don't think anyone saw it coming. I don't even think Joe Mixon's mother, I don't think Jake Browning's mom expected the Cincinnati Bengals offense to be this much, just have fireworks. Like, it was beautiful. It was like fucking the 4th of July, or like when you go to Disney at uh, Magic Kingdom and they have all those cool fireworks. You know, now I'm not like some Disney adult that uh, rides the cock of Mickey Mouse. Oh, oh boy, it's me, Mickey Mouse. I wish I could do a better Mickey Mouse back when uh, my balls hadn't dropped, you know, like in middle school and stuff. I was much better at doing the Mickey Mouse impression. Iska, Muska, Mickey Mouse. I can't really do it anymore. People are going to be like, Nick, that impression was garbage. I know, I know, I know. But yeah, I don't think anyone expected Mixon to go that crazy. 68 rushing yards, 49 receiving yards. He had seven fucking targets and two touchdowns. Running back one. If I didn't watch Monday, like I watched Monday Night Football, but I'm saying before Monday Night Football, if you're like Nick Rank, where you think Mixon's going to be in your rankings in week 14, I would have said, oh, probably like running back 24. Even with a great matchup against the, the Colts, he probably would have been ranked much lower. But after seeing what he did on Monday, I think this is a fair spot at running back 16. You might even argue that you might want to rank him a little bit higher, and that would be okay as well. But again, I don't think that Jake Browning is going to be that good ever again. Like, I feel like he's going to come back down to earth, which would kind of pigeonhole Mixon into falling down a little bit. At number 17, we got Jameer Gibbs of the Detroit Lions going up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. I get that this matchup is a wet dream. It's a red panty night for Jameer Gibbs, but we have seen the Detroit Lions, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell kind of retract the touches of Jameer Gibbs, right? The rampant David Montgomery up the reducing Jameer Gibbs's touches. Now, again, you don't need 25 fucking touches against the Chicago Bears to go ape shit and have 25 plus fantasy points. But knowing that he's not going to be given as much opportunity, I think, makes me want to drop him down the rankings. Again, running back 13 expert consensus rankings, my running back 17. He's been the running back 29 and 24 over the last couple of weeks. He's another guy that, hey, are you really going to sit Jameer Gibbs? For most teams, no. But I think ranking him as like a top 12, top 14 running back does seem a little bit disingenuous knowing what we've seen the last two weeks. Now, maybe he's able to, like in week 12, get eight targets. Because if he gets eight targets this week, he could be a top 12 running back. But again, I don't think that's the most likely scenario. At number 18, we got DeAndre Swift, uh, the Premier Gibbs's heir to the apparent. Is that what the term would be? Like, uh, DeAndre Swift's replacement in Detroit, I guess, would be the word to use there. DeAndre, again, I'm not the, the smartest uh, what is it, sharpest knife in the cupboard, the sharpest tool in the shed, I guess they would say. So DeAndre Swift has been a disaster 
37 at running back week 13, running back 31 in week 12. This man got fucking hit with the Madden hit stick from back in the day. If you guys remember when Madden, I was very young when Madden first introduced the hit stick and you could be like Ray Lewis and you would send someone to the shadow realm with a flick of that stick. Woo. Look at the flick of that wrist, right? You flick the stick up and Ray Lewis would send a guy fucking to heaven, right? <laughs> Just crazy. And that's what DeAndre Swift got hit with, but he's fine. He's off the injury report for week 14. So full steam ahead for DeAndre Swift. Now, since he's been a little stinky recently, since he's been no bueno recently, I've bumped him down the rankings. Plus, we all know damn well what happens when they're knocking on the door, right? DeAndre Swift could run 99 yards, falls on the one yard line, and you know what's coming. It's not the, oh, let's get DeAndre Swift his touchdown. No, it's push, push for four times. You know, if they don't get the first time, they don't get the second time. They don't get the third time. It's come four fucking times. If you can stop that thing four times, you are a genius. Roger Goodell's talking about banning the tush push next year, which would be great for DeAndre Swift's value next season, assuming he's with the Eagles. But right now, I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little bit nervous. But again, are you sitting DeAndre Swift? The answer is, fuck no, baby. Moving now to the C tier, running back 19, James Let Him Cook of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, when it comes to talking about James Cook, we have seen that the Buffalo Bills with Joe Brady, when they got rid of Ken Dorsey, have really pushed towards running the rock in a much more aggressive fashion, running back 12 and 10 over the last two weeks with 16 plus carries in both games. And he's been getting a lot more involved in the receiving game. Now, I want to believe that that is what's going to happen here but I still don't know if I trust everything with McDermott. So if I see Cook get those amount of touches again, Cook will probably be ranked in the top 12 next week. You could argue for Cook to be put in the B tier as well. The matchup against the Chiefs is good. But I do worry that this could be a game where everyone's talking about how the Chiefs are dead, right? The Chiefs are frauds, the Chiefs this, the Chiefs that. The Bills are on the up and up. I know they lost to the Eagles, but they had a good fight. They went to overtime. They should have won that game. Blah, 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 blah. The Chiefs suck donkey cock about this game, this, that, and the other thing. Prime time, lose to the Packers. Jordan, love me tender, love me sweet. And then what happens is the Kansas City Chiefs lay a smackdown brother like a Hulkamaniac, and they go crazy. I do think that could happen. So... That is one of the reasons that makes me a little bit more pessimistic with James Cook. But again, I still really do like him this week. At number 20, we got another running back that's hurt, and that is Brees Hall. Now, if Brees Hall does miss, he was sidelined in practice on Thursday with an ankle. If he does miss, then Dalvin Cook will be the lead back. Now, this is a game that's projected to be rainy. It's projected to be windy. They are going to run the fuck out of the ball, and I think Zach Wilson is going to check the ball down a bunch to Brees Hall. If... Brees Hall does not play. I would consider if you are just down astronomical at running back starting Dalvin Cook. Now, I know it's not going to go well. I know it's going to go terrible, but he will get enough touches to finish as like a top 30 back. Brees Hall, this has been the season from hell for Brees Hall because while he has had some great games, right? Running back three, four, seven, 11, right? He's had solid games. He's running back 16 on the season, right? So it's not a complete and utter swing and a miss of a season. Like it's not a whiff of a season, but it's not what anyone thought that they would see because while the offensive line is a disaster, while the offensive line spreads its legs like a $100 prostitute you can get down in South Jersey, 
What I will tell you is that Brees Hall could have been good with Rodgers, right? It's the fact that Rodgers got hurt really kind of put the dagger metaphorically into Brees Hall, right? So again, he's going to be fine. If he plays, he's going to be fine. But that ceiling, that ceiling of like, oh my God, he could be the running back one this week. The safety is kind of gone. Because again, while he's been a top 30 running back since dating all the way back to week number three, it doesn't really feel that safe when you play him because you know that the game script could go so wrong. And if this wasn't a game where it's crazy wind, if this wasn't a game where there's going to be a lot of rain, I would say that Zach Wilson's probably going to have to throw a bunch, but I don't think they do because of the rain. At number 21, can you do something for me? We got Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos going up against the LA Chargers in LA. Now the Chargers defense definitely stood tall up against the Ravens. And they looked decent last week against the Patriots, allowing zero points. But I won't get down on my knees and give the Gawk Gawk 9000 special to the defense for the Patriots' performance. They definitely look good, though, against the Ravens. Now, Devontae's been a guy that looks good this season. He does look fully healthy, but he hasn't been averaging the most amount of yards per carry, 3.8 yards per carry. But the matchup, to me, is so enticing that I decided to rank him this high. I did, while... The expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros would show you that there's a large gap between Javante and Chuba Hubbard. I have them back-to-back and almost considered ranking Chuba above him. Chuba running back 22, going up against the Saints in New Orleans. Now, he's been a top 11 back in back-to-back weeks, and with the firing of Frank Reich and their special teams coach become the interim head coach, they pushed even Further, all in on the chips on Chuba Hubbard. Now, while Chuba was the guy, it seemed like Frank Reich liked sprinkling Miles Sanders in there a little bit. Like, And while Miles Sanders got paid all the money and I get why they do it, Chuba looks levels ahead of Miles Sanders. A couple of weeks ago, me and someone in the comment section got in this whole fucking argument about Miles Sanders versus Chuba. How can you say Miles Sanders looks significantly worse than Chuba? Just watch the fucking game, right? I understand that Chuba isn't averaging five yards per carry, right? But the team clearly believes them. They gave him 25 carries last week. They gave him 19 total touches in week 12. Now, Chuba's not a guy that's going to get six, seven, eight targets really any week. He's only done six targets once this season. There's been games where he gets one or two. Last week, he got zero. But this is a guy that in the red zone, they believe in him. This is a guy that in certain games does look like the safety blanket for Bryce Young. And it seems like the team wants to run the ball to help out their rookie quarterback, right? They don't want their cookie, their their cookie. They don't want their rookie quarterback left out there to die, to dry, not running the rock. So I think they're going to involve Chuba heavily here. The problem is, regardless of if it's Jameis or Derek Carr, this could be a game where they fall behind quickly and aren't able to run the balls effectively. Like last week against the Bucs, they were in it the whole game. Right? Up against the Titans, Chuba has a great game. They're kind of in the game. Right? EA Sports, it's in the game, right? But against the Saints... Again, I don't think the Saints are very good, but Saints offense versus the Panthers defense is levels to things. So that's why I have Chuba ranked a little bit lower. If this was a better matchup, like against Atlanta, like I don't think Atlanta is very good. Next week they play Atlanta, Chuba will be ranked higher. At number 23 to close out the C tier, we got Zeke of the New England Patriots going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh without Ramondre Stevenson. We get going to get a healthy dosage of Mr. Zeke. 
Zeke, 17 for 52 in terms of the rushing games last week against the Chargers, which obviously isn't great, but five receptions or five targets, four receptions, 40 receiving yards, running back 15 on the week. Now, the matchup against the Steelers sucks. It's terrible. It's hard. But we know what's going to happen here. They are going to feed Zeke. Say, Nick, I'd rather have him in the D tier. I'm going to be honest with you. I really do think that Zeke's going to be just fine. Zeke at number 24, we move to the D tier. We got Jerome Ford F-150. Now, Jerome Ford's carry number has been kind of puzzling to me. Nine carries in back-to-back weeks. I feel like he should be a guy getting 15-plus carries, but he has been scoring two touchdowns over the last three weeks. I like Jerome Ford probably more than most people because I do think that going up against C.J. Beathard with the defense that they have, this game won't get out of hand. Like against the Rams, while the defense tried their best, and while cool Joe Flacco looked elite early on in the game, after Jerome Ford scored his touchdown, things went south, right? Things went incredibly south because this was an ass whooping, a certified ass whooping by the Rams. I don't think that C.J. Beathard, Big Dick Beathard, is going to go out there and put up a master class. Now, I think he went 9 of 10 in that game against the Bengals last week, so maybe he's just a Nick Foles part two, right? We did call him Big Dick. Everyone calls him uh, Big Dick Nick Foles as well, so that's also what your mother calls me, Big Dick Nick. <laughs> Hilarious, right? But uh, Jerome Ford, I, I just feel like... I don't know. Something just tells me that he's going to score and he's going to be just fine. At number 25, we got Derrick Henry. Now, I know some people be like, Nick, this is an egregious ranking of the king, Derrick Henry. And yeah, he's been a top 10 running back in back-to-back weeks. And yeah, he's looked really fucking good over the last two weeks, right? Two touchdowns in both games. Had over 100 rushing yards last week. Round of applause for him before he got hurt. He got hit hard in the head. I don't know how that wasn't a concussion. Maybe his, his skull is just next level. Or he's got a next-level helmet or something. I'm, obviously, I, I don't want him to be hurt, right? That would be stupid to say. Glad he's healthy. But that looked like a hit that would send you to fucking Azkaban, right? That would send you straight to Middle Earth. If that was me, I would be in a fucking wheelchair for, for life. I'd be crippled if someone hit me like they hit Derrick Henry. But the matchup against the Dolphins, on paper, good, yes. But the paper is about the whole season. You look at the last couple of weeks, this is a Dolphins defense that has turned the entire page on the season, right? The Dolphins defense early on, right? You remember the Buffalo Bills literally Eiffel Towering us. Josh Allen was giving us back shots. He switched positions, missionary, hit us reverse cow. He did everything, right? He absolutely railed us. That's not going to happen the next time they play. This is a Dolphins defense. I get, Nick, the opponents haven't been great. Well, it's not like the Tennessee Titans are great either. Could Derrick Henry bust one off, have a huge run? Yes, it would not surprise me because the Dolphins defense at times is bad at wrapping them up, right? They're bad at tackling. But again, I just don't see this game script being great. I see this being a game where the Dolphins get up early and they have to, you know, kind of... Not give too many more carries to, to track your Cedo, and then we see a lot more Tajay Spears. So that's why I have Derrick Henry ranked a little bit lower than most people would. Now, moving to the E tier, we got Keaton Mitchell of the Ravens going up against the Rams. Now, prior to the bye week, the Ravens really, again, another analogy, they pushed the chips in, right? They said, hey, 
We're going to give more touches to Mitchell. Mitchell got a majority of the snap share pie. He was getting a lot of rushes, a lot of carries, more than Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. That's like, okay, now it's time to believe that it's Keaton Mitchell season. But then in the back of my head, you know, the devil versus the angel on the shoulder, the devil's telling me that, hey, while that was great prior to the bye week, we've seen this happen before, right? Where teams kind of utilize a running back more prior to the bye. You're like, holy fuck, it's Keaton Mitchell season. It's this running back season. And then coming out the bye, they're back on the same bullshit, right? They're back on the same, giving the ball to Gus Edwards a million times. Now, if they fully commit to Keaton Mitchell, he will be a league winner. So that's why he's the running back 26. Because again, I'm not sure if they will fully commit, but if they do, the upside is huge. And number 27 and 28, we got a pair of the Steelers running backs, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Now, Warren was healthy, and Najee Harris, I don't know why I got that mistaken. Najee Harris was the guy that was banged up during the week, expected to play with a knee injury today on Thursday. I expect that to mean that we'll see more touches for Jalen Warren. But again, I won't aggressively scream to the mountaintops that that's a guarantee because we've seen this team name Warren the starter and then they start using Najee Harris more. The exit of Matt Okanida has been great. But again, you're putting Jalen Warren and Najee Harris into this fringe start range. The Patriots defense made Austin Eckler look awful. But again, I don't know if that was more of the Patriots defense or just more of the fact that Austin Eckler has not looked like himself. He's looked very sluggish this season. Jalen Warren averages 5.9 yards per carry. This was another discussion we had earlier on the season. Nick, how can you say that Jalen Warren looks way better than Najee Harris? Najee Harris averages 4.2 yards per carry. Jalen Warren averages 5.9. Again, I'm not saying Najee Harris is awful because Najee Harris has looked way better recently. He has looked so much better. So I'm not going to sit here and blindly fucking slander Najee Harris. But what I'm going to tell you is that I do feel more confident in Jalen Warren this week given the injury to Najee Harris entering into this game. Now we move into the F tier. This is basically a cry out for help at running back, right? You're witnessing buys, your running back core is dead, they're all injured, and then you're stuck in this range. I love Alexander Madison, but let's be honest with you, this guy has fumbling problems at point in the season. Ty Chandler is still there, so he's not going to be getting the full workload. Going up against the Raiders defense, yes, it's great, right? One of those matchups you write home about, Mother, dearest mother, I get to play the Raiders this week. I'm going to go crazy. Make sure you're watching the game, right? But with Alexander Madison, he never goes crazy. He averages 3.8 yards per carry. He's not that guy that I thought he was, and I'm fine acknowledging that. Running back 29 might even be a little high for the lad. At number 30, we got Zach Charbonnet going up against the 49ers in San Francisco. We do not have the injury report for Thursday as of right now, but Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker were both sidelined in practice on Wednesday. Not great, Jim. Uh, I don't know, Jim, right? Not great here for Zach Charbonnet. Tough, tough, tough spot against the Niners. Again, if he's playing up against a much better, you know, a much softer defense like he was playing against the Commanders, Charbonnet on one leg, on a peg leg, right? Would be a must-start running back. But against the 49ers, he kind of plummets down here. He had a great game last week in Jerry's World in Dallas, so round of applause for him. I was very happy for him. I was a big Charbonnet truther in the offseason. Anyone that was watching in the offseason knows that I'm a big Charbonnet guy, but the season hasn't really went his way. And now that Walker's out, the schedule just sucks, right? He plays the 49ers, then the Eagles, then he gets the Titans. So, like, if Walker misses, like, a serious amount of time, then he gets the Titans to have that big game, but then he's back to the, to the Steelers. So, 
just kind of like earlier on in the season. Now, again, obviously I'm not rooting for injuries, but say Walker got hurt earlier on in the season. You know how great Charbonnet would have been against Detroit, Carolina, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Bengals, right? It would have been so great, but uh, that's not the hand he was dealt. At number 31, we get A.J. Dillon of the Green Bay Packers going up against the Giants in New York. Now, A.J. Dillon is another one of these guys that is a punching bag in every single one of my running back videos, right? I make all of these jokes about him because they're all true, right? A.J. Dillon is built like in a lab, right? He has quads the size of tree trunks. He, coming into the NFL, was a guy that's like, holy shit, you watch the college tape. You're like, this guy might compete with Aaron Jones, this, that, and the other thing. And then he's given the opportunity this season. A.J. Dillon has given been given a lot of opportunity because Aaron Jones has just been injured. And A.J. Dillon always comes up to bat. And when you watch him in pregame warm-ups, you're like, this is the game, Right? This is the game. You see how he looks running the ball. You're like, holy fuck. You're fucking get a little bit of a chub downstairs. You're rocking a half chub. And you're like, okay, it's AJ Dillon season. Then you watch the game. You're like, wow, the Packers look good. And then they hand the ball off to AJ Dillon. It's like, oh my gosh, they should just throw the ball a million times. And they should use the other backup running back that they have. Patrick Taylor, who actually looks solid. It looks like he's got a lot of burst. Last week, last three weeks, Dillon's been fine, right? He's going to get you 10 points. This is a great matchup against the Giants. Another matchup where you want to write home, right? Just like with Madison, right? This is the kind of matchup where you get your bag, right? You get paid, right? This is the kind of game where great running backs just go ballistic. But A.J. Dillon is far from a great running back. Again, I've shit all over him for three straight weeks. Basically, the whole season I've shit on him. And every time I do it, I'm like, maybe this will motivate A.J. Dillon. I know A.J. Dillon streams, right? And again, I'm not trying to make fun of A.J. Dillon. AJ Dillon makes more money than you, Nick. AJ Dillon, uh, you're you're kind of a fat fuck. AJ Dillon's built, you know, this that, and the other thing. I know AJ Dillon has a better life than me, right? Except for I got hair and he doesn't. But <laughs> at the end of the day, look, I'm not making fun of Dillon. At the end of the day, if Dillon wanted to be my friend, I'd give him a nice hug. You know, I'm sure he's a nice guy and he does seem like a nice guy on the internet. But I'm not basing my fantasy football decisions off of how someone is. This is something we've talked about a lot. There are people in the NFL that are good guys. There are people in the NFL that are bad guys. But for fantasy football, I don't care if you're the nicest guy ever or you're the worst guy on earth. As long as you produce for me in fantasy football, that's what I care about. That's what I care about. And AJ Dillon's this farming simulator god. He's a nice, funny guy on Twitch, TikTok. I see him all the time. I watch videos of him. He collects a bunch of his own cards uh, for football cards, obviously. I'm sure those are worth a lot. But yeah, that's cool. The nice guy. But at the end of the day, again, we've talked way too long about A.J. Dillon. You should not be starting him. But again, this is like the range where it's like the brink of like, if you have to start him, go ahead. But you're not going to be excited. And then now it's the range of like, pray to the gods that they do something if you have to play him. To lead off the G tier, we got Gus Bus of the Ravens going up against the Rams. Now, there was a stretch from week 7 through week 11 where this guy was printing touchdowns. There was a game where he scored three touchdowns, multiple games with two touchdowns. But last week, like I talked about with Mitchell, they really pulled back on his workload. So let's see what happens here. Again, he would be the top of the bucket. I got to play someone tier, the G tier, because of the touchdown upside. But again, seems like they want to ramp him down. At number 33, we got Damian Pierce. Again, there's a game where it's going to be rainy. They gave Damian Pierce back the reins, despite the fact that Singletary has looked better than Pierce this season. Jets matchup against the run is solid, but again, 
Singletary is still there, going to be getting touches. So running back 33 feels fair. Number 34, Kareem Hunt. Just like what we talked about with Gus Edwards reducing the touches, like it feels like with Jerome Ford back, they don't want to give Kareem Hunt as many red zone opportunities. From week six through 10, he ripped off a touchdown or more every single week, and he's now three straight weeks without a touchdown. If he doesn't score, you're probably going to be disappointed. At number 35, we got Samaj P. Ryan. Now, Samaj P. Ryan is a tough guy to read weekly. There have been games where he's like a 10-touch guy. Then there's games where he gets one touch, like last week, or three touches, right? He's a low low predictability type of guy. And I don't think that made sense, but it's what I may mean to say when I say this, when I sound like a fucking dumbass right now, because we're 40 minutes in the video, I'm trying to wrap things up here like a present. Um, you guys are a present to me. I appreciate you guys all. Very nice. Okay, so uh, Samaj P. Ryan, tough book to read here. Again, some weeks, like week week 12, seven rushes, 55 yards, one target, 11 yards, a touchdown. Last week, one rush, two targets, five yards. Week 11. One rush for seven yards, seven receptions for 60 yards. What's it going to be this week? I'm taking the shot against the Chargers, but again, shouldn't be playing any of these guys at number 36. Tajay Spears going up against the Dolphins in Miami. If there ever was a game script for Tajay Spears to go beast mode, it would be this week. He went crazy against the Colts. 75 rushing yards, 13 receiving yards. I like him against the Dolphins, but again, because Derrick Henry's playing... He's stuck down here. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as leaving a like button, as well as leaving a like button. Jackass, as well as hitting the like button. I would appreciate a ton. Love you guys all so much. Make sure you guys are back later tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the live stream prior to Thursday Night Football, the riveting Thursday Night Football matchup. I love you guys from deep down the depths of my heart. Make sure you guys check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good boy.